como 10 minutos. Okay. Nada más que eso y de ahí viene el, el, el sendero nuevamente de unos 3, 4 metros de ancho. Welcome to another edition of Strangers Abroad. This podcast is a series of conversations with the wonderful and weird people I met while backpacking throughout Latin America. These are the hitchhikers, the couch surfers, and the expats, the thrill seekers, the mountain climbers, the volunteers, and society quitters. The people who, for one reason or another, made the decision to challenge themselves, to leave behind the comforts of home, to venture out into the world, and see what happens. Here we go. I met Rachel, the head chocolatier of Choc Chow, two days after I arrived in Arequipa. I was living with my boss, Javier, and sometimes he would have employees over for lunch. Over a Peruvian meal of purple potatoes and adobo de concho, I became acquainted with Rachel's strong Italian character. As we ate, I didn't say much because I still felt I needed to earn my acceptance into the community. So I just listened and observed the dynamic between Rachel and Javi. Although Javier runs the place, Rachel puts him in his place. She skips small talk and gets right to the chase, overflowing with ideas for the chocolate shop. Javi, what if we made matcha chocolate bars with dried raspberries? Or we made tarts with white chocolate ganache and figs or we take tiramisu and we put it in a chocolate bar. Oh, I love tiramisu. I was a little intimidated by her and wasn't sure if we would become friends. It wasn't until a few days later when she trained me in the coffee shop that we quickly bonded. Rachel is so good at her job that she openly insults customers while serving them the most perfect cappuccino of their lives so she can get away with it. In between helping customers cutting cakes and her teaching me how to froth foam like a boss, I found the topics that made her hard chocolate shell of an exterior melt and reveal the complexity within her. Her internal world is constantly questioning and fighting what traditional Italian society expects for women. It was fascinating to hear a firsthand experience of tenacious gender roles in the modern Roman world. Her chocolate shell began to melt at room temperature once we started talking about how women are treated in Italy. Women work, we pull a lot of weight, we are emotional supporters, and we still get paid less. We still get no credit and are harassed on the streets. I started picking her brain about sexual assault in Italy. It happens everywhere. No one has respect for women. A part of me felt saddened and at peace. I too had been the victim of this Italian masculine force while I had been living in Italy years before. So I felt connected to this woman who had an entirely different language, culture, and was raised thousands of miles away from my home. But we both shared the same fears about our gender and safety, which kept us up at night under the same moon. But for the most part, we kept our conversations very food focused. I'd never seen someone with such an intrinsic understanding of food, kind of like how children just pick up languages. They don't question the mechanics of it. It just becomes part of their being. And like most Italians, food goes beyond the gastronomic basics. Rachel doesn't just make food, it's the essence of her being. And like most Italians, family has also shaped who she is. Being raised by a mother who didn't like to cook, 
and her father whose blood is wine. She told me how at a young age she gained independence in the kitchen, giving her space to question the traditional roles of women in Italian society. This is another two-parter conversation. Half of it is via Skype a few months later, and the first part of this conversation is in the chocolate factory, a large brick room which would cool us from the Peruvian sun. Excuse the crinkle of the candy wrappers and our boss shouting things in the background, we are in the midst of making chocolate. Here's her story. Would you like to introduce yourself? Okay, my name is Rachele and I'm from Italy. Where in Italy? Milano, in the north. Cool. Did you, what did you study, if you studied anything? I studied, when I finished high school, I studied languages at university, but uh -huh. then I decided it was too boring. <laughs> I started to work in a pastry shop, and then I quit university, and I studied pastry, uh -huh. and now I have a diploma. Whoa, in pastry? Yep. So how many years did you do languages? And what, and what languages did you study? Okay, many years, like five years. Holy shit. Uh, not attending much university, actually. <laughs> so when I got really, very, 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 really bored, I decided to go study in France. Mm. I did one year of uh, Erasmus. Mm. And uh, I studied... English, French, and Spanish, and a little bit of Chinese. Well, but I don't like Chinese. <laughs> Why don't you like Chinese? It's too difficult. Yeah, yeah. You have to focus just on one language, just on Chinese, if you want to learn it properly. Uh -huh. And I didn't want to um, quit the studying of the other languages. So. Right. What was your draw to to pastry? You know, like doing languages, studying, being academic. And then going to pastry is a very opposite uh, direction. Uh, I needed money to pay the university. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've always loved cooking. This opportunity came to me. And I started to work in this place. Which place? Pastry shop and uh, ice cream parlour. Oh, cool. So it's like gelato. Yeah. <sighs> and I really really understood that it was better for me to have a job in which I can create something mm. studying was good but not enough I really wanted to create something and use my hands to do something right has there been anybody in your life who's kind of influenced you in a food in a food way yeah my father yeah he is amazing yeah he cooks amazing things yes he taught me the combination between good taste and a good-looking dish. Uh huh. Like oh. it has to be good. It has How to be beautiful first, and has to smell good, and has to be tasty. Cool. And does he do any other food stuff? My father. Yeah, food no. or drink. Ah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a wine expert. Holy shit. How do you become a wine expert? So, the difference between sommelier and wine, we call it in Italy, enologo, mm -hmm. is that you study the chemistry. So you study oh, cool. all the gastronomy first, and then the little area of wine, 
uh-huh. but from the very very beginning so all the process what the sugar why the sugar is important why the fermentation is important all this stuff um like this and yes and he loves wine right right, right. that's awesome how's peruvian wine Uh, maybe we don't need to answer that one (laughs) it's too sweet yeah it's not that good it's really not that good (laughs) all right currently we are in Arequipa uh Peru which is very far from Milan how how the hell did you end up here Uh, (laughs) um a friend of mine was living in Chile Uh and she uh, visited Arequipa on holiday she visited the place I'm working in. What is, where are we right now? The name of the place is Chak Chao. It's a chocolate factory. Cool. And we make chocolate. Woo! And she told me, they need help. You should come. So I messaged the, the owner, mm-hmm. Javier. And he told me, yes, I'm here. I was bored in Italy. And my, I didn't see any growing mm. in the work I was doing. Uh, doing mm-hmm. so i just decided i have to go my gut told me right go and right I, and i'm here and you're here how long have you been here four months holy crap it seems a little uncommon for italians especially ladies to go out and travel and so like why why did you do it like what did your what is this gut sensation that you were talking about um, and something that like kind of pushes against your traditions. Absolutely. Um, I always felt a little bit different, more different. Mm-hmm. My friends are very different from me. Mm-hmm. They don't really want to. They want to go uh, on holiday. That's cool. Right. But not travel the world. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe in this moment, more people in Italy are doing that. We don't have many jobs in Italy at this mm-hmm. moment so we have problem with that we, we are in crisis right so many many young people uh, try to find another place to go Australia or London really but yes it's not very common in Italy to something like that mm-hmm. people don't really understand why that why we want to why I wanted to go away right. from Italy and in a foreign country different language very very far from home right. far from Europe and all this stuff so, so it's definitely like a comfort culture you know yeah. like it's definitely some it's a it seems more like people want to stay comfortable and they like enjoy that trajectory so why did yes. you want to once like, I watched a video, a video talking about the comfort zone mm. and how going out of your comfort zone could be very, very beautiful. Mm. And I felt I was, I belong to the part of the population <laughs> which enjoy going out right. of the comfort zone. Right. So I just tried. And uh, I can do my job with wherever I want. Actually, I can bake right. everywhere in the right. world. So it's so. Have you been uncomfortable in Arequipa? Ooh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god, yes. The first week was horrible, but I think it's super normal. So the first week was Absolutely. why I'm here. Why? Why so far from home? Far from my family? Far from my friends? Um, because I have a beautiful life in Italy. I have mm-hmm. so many beautiful friends and. 
amazing family and I really love my life in Italy and so I was so mad at myself why I am here but then you meet people you see you start to see that you enjoy the place you enjoy the city Arequipa is a beautiful city so it was hard and it has to be hard yeah at the beginning it's like this but once you go through this thing everything is amazing yeah absolutely <laughs> is this the first time that you've really pushed yourself out of your comfort zone yeah yes. it's pretty far yes that's far yes um i lived in in france yes i spent months in england in canada right but like alone completely alone like this with no other friends or with no uh, planning right. has this has living in Atacipa provided something for you that Italy couldn't yes yeah the first thing is that living far from your home makes you appreciate more everything you have uh, even the way I see my country that in this moment is like everyone just wants to talk about problems in Italy mm. but yes. when you are far from home you can clearly see how beautiful our culture is yeah not just food but art and cities and the, the our literature is amazing when you have to live in a different place you have to face your habits and it's good because you can clearly see which habits are really I mean are good mm -hmm. and which habits are totally mm. so you can change yourself you can create a new um, identity yeah the rest of this conversation is a few months after we had both left Peru and returned home attempting to translate the lessons we had learned abroad back to the places that had shaped us. Although there were months and miles between us, the conversation felt as close as when we were only working a few feet away from each other, separated by a steel metal table, delicately pouring melted chocolate into molds and sprinkling pistachios, orange peel, and cacao nibs onto the edible liquid gold. Rachel and I touch upon how special it was for us to be surrounded not only by a group of individuals who were taking the risk of living abroad, but also being around women who were out there fiercely traveling, an intrepid group that is smaller than it should be. It is still frustrating, even after I've returned home, how people doubt my abilities to travel alone, even after I've already done it especially when I told them that I went through Latin America. They always ask, well, did you have a male companion? Well, sometimes. But I did go through some of the most dangerous countries in the world, only with other women. People love pontificating about how dangerous that was and typically mansplain the risks I was putting myself in and questioning my intelligence and ability. Didn't you know how dangerous that was on your own? Why didn't you have a man with you? That's because Rachel and I choose to not live in the shadows of men, but to work beside them. So being submerged in a group of women 
who are also dismissing the societal doubts, questions, and hesitations who have the same drives as we do, those are the real gems. The conversations focused on how this female environment influenced our future decisions and the roles we want to play for the females around us. How did you feel as though you changed coming back? Uh, I am now completely different. Uh, I know I can do whatever I want. I just, I just have to plan the thing and go for it. Right. And uh, I, I'm actually pushing many people to do the same. A friend of mine just left like two days ago. She's a pastor chef and she's now in France in the Alps, in the, um, in a very beautiful restaurant, like with a Michelin star. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> yes, so I just told her, you know what, you go, you're gonna cry for one week, you're gonna hate me for this, but then you're gonna be amazing. You're gonna feel like free and empowered and able to do whatever you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you just feel like you have a better sense of control over your life a little uh, yes, bit? Yes, that, that's the exact word. I know that uh, I control my life. I know that if I don't want something, if I feel a bad in a situation, I just have to relax, figure it out, and change it. Right. So what are some specific things you learned about yourself from living in a completely different country, from living on the opposite side of the world and living in a very different culture? Like, what are some specific things or like stories that you could tell me that you're like, oh, I feel different now because of this? Uh, I think that, well, meeting you and uh, Jen and Michelle and all the people traveling, you know, um, I told you before, I left my country because uh, now I I think I understand what I I left. Um, many people around me were um, full of uh, negativity. So and everyone told me you're crazy because you're you're gonna get back. You're not gonna get another job anymore. But oh, why? I mean, why you you can just tell me? Oh, amazing! Good luck. So I I think that uh, I understood that. You can do many, many things. I love chocolate, but I love to travel. I love languages. I can do whatever I want to be. The thing that changed the most is, first of all, first of all, I like deleted many friends from my life, many people, like bad people full of negativity. Mm -hmm. uh, I just decided to be myself. Uh, and I understood that before I thought I was like careless and uh, I didn't, I mean, I didn't care about what other people was thinking about me, but it wasn't true. Now I'm learning to let it go. Ah, I see. So you, uh -huh. I see. So do you feel as though meeting like-minded people, maybe especially like-minded women, like we were yes. fortunate enough to meet each other you know like you live in italy i live yes. in america we met in peru like that's amazing and yes. like-minded women who are out there traveling being like i'm gonna get life right now so how do you feel 
and you said that you've like deleted people from your life which is like I think that's totally smart to be able to weigh the pros and cons of like a relationship and be like if you're not getting anything positive out of it it's like not worth your energy you know like we don't have time for that and focusing on like the positive relationships for sure so yes exactly so Mm -hmm. what is it like now for you so and you've mentioned before that like and I'll help you fill in the, I'm just going to fill in some of the gaps that like Italian women especially don't travel so much. And that you also mm-hmm. mentioned that Italians can be like filled with or comment kind of negatively. So what are the relationships like now that you are cultivating while at home? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that the changing I mean, I, I, I've always believed that um, there is no right place. You are the right place. You decide. Um, when, you, the, when you want the thing, you start to attract people uh, that think uh, like you, more or less. So now that I decided just to... You, you say, do you say in English to take the distance? Go the distance? No, like, um, I'm not, like, deleting completely everyone from my life. Right, But I'm just, uh, I'm I'm distant to them. You're distancing yourself. Totally. Yes. Okay. You're still, like, Uh, friendly, but you're not. Yes, you you know, sometimes we go for a dinner if they invite invite me, um, uh, of course. But um, I'm treating them uh, differently. Right. Now I know that they are not my friends. I'm, I'm just different. I know that I want many things, and I know because I prove myself that I can do this. So I don't want to... I mean, if you want to tell me, if you want to spend your time telling me that I cannot, I think it's useless. But if you want to do that, I'm not going to listen. And of course, I'm not going to stay there listening. So I'm, I'm just trying to be who I am and I'm actually meeting more people like me that's awesome and I Mm -hmm. think you're a hundred and ten percent right where if you are fortunate enough to 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 recognize what you want and that it will and like go out and try to achieve that even if it even if that's just like I want to be surrounded by positive people they come to you you know like the universe kind of has a way of putting those things together and it doesn't always happen like right away you know Mm -hmm. I feel as though my trip like starting with Mexico I didn't make there were some like gaps where I wasn't meeting as many people as I wanted to or I wasn't meeting like the types of people that I wanted to and then I got to Chow Chow and was like, holy shit, <laughs> these people are amazing. And, you know, sometimes the, it, it just, like, happens when when it happens. But then when you get that response, it's so reassuring. And mm-hmm. I just felt like you, me, and Jen, and Michelle, all such good people, you know? And then also the group of other expats that we met were just phenomenal. Like, we just had such a great time with them all the time. And it was just, like, either going out dancing or getting hangover ceviche. Like, it was amazing for all of us, I think. And I think that we were all kind of looking for 
something bigger than ourselves. Yep. And, and another, yeah, tell me, tell me. Uh, no, that's it. What are you going to say? Uh, another thing I learned is just to enjoy. I was uh, Skyping Michelle a few weeks ago, uh-huh. and uh, we were talking about this. Uh, Arequipa was amazing, but I still Wait, I just... have to figure out my life. Right. Like, I have to do that. Now I'm just, uh, I'm thinking about Arequipa, and uh, it was amazing, but I could enjoy that more. And uh, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm just not trying to understand everything. Right. I know that step by step I can reach many things, so I'm just enjoying things. Right. I feel that so much. And I think also so much of it is that feeling that we definitely get in the West. I don't, I didn't feel the same sense of pressure from people that I met in Latin America, but also, you know, I only met like a handful out of the entire population. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't seem as though there's as much of a like, pressure for you to have your shit figured out you know yes, like exactly <laughs> in the west it's like you have to you get your degree and then you go and get a job you get married and you settle down and that's your life and yeah. i think it's really one thing that i struggled with and like conf- was very conflicted with was i want to go out and travel i want to go see the world and but at the same time, all of the kids that I'm hanging out, that I hung out with at school, were all getting a job. They were all starting that path. And it's really hard to let that go. And it's really hard to enjoy traveling sometimes because there's this internalized pressure of, but you should be working and you should be focusing on your career instead of like, let me take a moment to figure out who I am as a person first. Yes. And the fact that mm-hmm. that is not part of our, of any structure in in our society the fact that like at least in america that is it's really it's not always a viable option for people that Mm -hmm. i think it's such a waste so how have you found so obviously your taste in men is not of a like traditional italian man how how do italian men perceive you because you are incredibly outspoken and you're very much like this is what I want and I'm not going to take your shit do you do they and you've gone out you've lived outside of your country um so how do people perceive you now that you've broken Uh, kind of this like gender like very like many people are fascinating about what I'm doing Uh uh-huh what mm, and this is awesome uh, sometimes I don't understand why women ask me oh that's amazing you have done so many things um, do you have a boyfriend <laughs> I mean no I don't have a boyfriend but did you hear what I just said all the things I've done blah. right nope. they, uh, it's difficult um, I'm struggling to find someone it's not just that it's difficult to meet someone but it's difficult to um, to know someone that is actually interesting as a person now. Preach. Uh, it's just it's not just that I have to be in a relationship. I can be alone. I want to be in a relationship, which is different. I I am not aroused about 
men just be how they look. Right. Um, I need something more. I need intellectual stimulation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there are so many amazing guys, uh, beautiful, and then they open their mouth, and then like, wait, this is not gonna happen. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I feel that. I totally understand. No, I totally understand. And I feel the same way. Where I can't, if you don't take me seriously, and if I can't have an intellectual conversation with you if I can't talk to you about something bigger or think that you're interesting then this is not going to work and I'm definitely not going to have sex with you do you think that traveling has helped you become more comfortable with being alone because there's definitely a stigma of like being alone is perceived as a bad thing do you know what I mean? Yes, 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 absolutely. Yes. There is something wrong with you if you're alone. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, you don't have to be alone all the time, but like, I think travel absolutely gives you an opportunity to become comfortable being alone and learn it. Like, mm-hmm. I love, I spend so much of my time by myself and I have gotten to a point where I need that because it helps center myself and I feel grounded and focused on what I need to accomplish for that day or the week and if you're just with people all the time like you can never think for yourself so with all these girls who are who only care about like if you have a boyfriend or not do you ever encourage them to go out and travel like how have you been encouraging other people to go out and travel you know what I'm not suggesting anything to anyone. I'm just showing myself. I'm just trying to show people that... That you don't have to settle. Yes, exactly. You don't have to settle. You could have so much more if you just, like, fucking do it. Okay, so out of all of the places that you've traveled to, which one surprised you the most? I'm going to stay in Peru. Yeah. uh, Because it was... um, I was very... It was my very conscious trip. Um, journey. I'm gonna say Puno, which is the um, uh, this little place. It's a very ugly place in near the Lake Titicaca. Right. But I was yeah. But I was there during the Candelaria festival, and it was crazy amazing. People are so uh, like dancing and drinking and singing and whatever for like fif- fifteen days. But for real. No, stop. It was a very good place because my dad was for, with me totally. and it was good. That's so good. That's so good. And also, like, mm-hmm. when you're able to travel with somebody that you love, that yes. makes the place, that gives the place such a different, it's such a different experience, especially versus traveling alone. Because I think I've traveled to a lot of places on my own that I've fallen in love with, but you fall in love with the place differently when you're with somebody that you love because you get to share it. And neither neither one is better than the other, but it it is very special when you get to turn to somebody and experience that thing together. Oh, that's awesome. Can you leave me with a quote in Italian, like an Italian saying or... A quote that you use that kind of keeps you motivated and keeps you going. Uh, yes, I'm gonna <laughs> um, I'm gonna tell you a thing that I'm using a lot. It's not 
just Italian is my dialect. Oh, cool. <laughs> and it is Maestrac Semper Alleger. Oh my god, that's beautiful. Which means never tired, always happy. Love it. I'm so glad to know that you have found something that is uniting all of your passions and with like positive people. Like that's the dream, you know? Oh, it was so good talking to you. You have an awesome rest of your night. I miss you. And I miss you too a lot. And uh, let me know when you're coming to New York. Yes. There's I will, so much I will chocolate think. to eat here. Yeah. There's so much chocolate to eat. All right. Adios. Okay. Bye. Bye. Rachel is all woman. The kind of woman most men don't know how to handle. She will always slip through their hands not strong enough to hold her. Despising the complacency that is socialized in Italian youth, Rachel thrusts herself out of her comfort zone, which pushes her to rethink who she wants to be in the world. The conversation I remember best over Apojores was about how we both use our mothers as a cautionary tale of what not to do. Our mothers grew up in a time where women weren't challenged to venture outside of traditional gender roles the way that we are. Our mothers were also limited in the opportunities and expected to just follow the fold, even though they're both capable of so much more. I knew that we were connected for life when she said, if I didn't leave Italy, I wouldn't and couldn't become a better person. However, as far as Rachel could roam away from home, she could never let go of her high Italian standards. She always knew she could make it better. We would go around to some of the other bakeries in Arequipa and judge their desserts. And Rachel would often say, this cake is too dry, or you call this a croissant? Then when we weren't working, Rachel and I, with the other Chow Chow Chicas, Jen and Michelle, would cook different desserts for each other to try and take them out to picnics in the hot Peruvian afternoons while lounging under the volcano's shadows. We would talk about our dream of writing our own cake book and setting up our own little cafe in a city in the south of Peru. The world is hers for the evening. Arrivederci. Sí, vamos a llamarles y, y... y decidimos. Bueno. ¿A don Luis? Sí. Ah, ya, sí. Ah, su amigo. ¿Usted ve? ¿Ya? Sí. Porque también pueden ir, los puedo ir a dejar, ustedes caminan y volver con él por el bar. In our next episode, we meet Michelle, a Canadian chick who quit university to go work at our chocolate shop in the south of Peru. She's learning more from those who are charting their own paths than she could have inside the walls of a classroom. The people that I serve, I think you, you, you attract what you, you give, you know? So the people that I met on my, on my travel has, have been, I don't know, really inspiring. They're creating their own path. And that's also, not everyone can do that. Not everyone has the courage to, you know, just walk their own way. Next time, on Strangers Abroad.